Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Root of All Podcasts. I am the higher timbred voice, Miles Newberth. And I'm the other brother, Devin Newberth. <laughs> the other brother. Yeah. Welcome to where the everyone calls us the root the root brothers. We we already did that joke, brother. Oh shoot. <laughs> we already tried that one. Everyone calls us the podcast brothers we're the best brothers in all of podcasting hands down it's easy because not many brothers podcast you know definitely not a market that's been hit by several different brother groups sure brother sure <laughs> sometimes i seem to get the idea of a joke confused with the idea of just a lie I am saying. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what a joke is, is a lie. But it it has to be not that. Not, yeah. Not. <laughs> Comedy is subjective. But if you're the only person that finds it funny, then it probably wasn't. Yeah, unfortunately, that's a lot of my sense of humor. I'm I'm very lucky in that I've found someone to spend the rest of my life with who tolerates my sense of humor, if not always appreciates it, at least tolerates it. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's that's important. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so what are we talking about this week, brother? Well, the uh, originally we were supposed to record before this month began. And if that would have happened, not to blame anyone in particular, but if that would have happened then you would be looking at a much different face on your Skype call right now. <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point you got. This go-around, we decided that we were going to talk about nonprofit organizations that occur or that focus on the month of November. Yeah. Because that's a thing, apparently. Apparently, November just really needed some nonprofit attention. Yeah. And it's gotten it. The... So which um actually so I know I know your thing you know my thing uh let's should... let's get started let's get started with you let the people know what your the horrible crime I've made you commit <laughs> <laughs> um so the nonprofit that I focused on this episode is Movember uh, which yeah. means that you are looking at a mostly clean shaven version of my face. Yeah. I cannot remember the last time that I was clean shaven. It was long ago. Yeah. Um, I, I went on the record on Twitter saying I don't think I've seen you clean shaven in my entire adult life. And I think that's true. It could be. Um, my wife couldn't even convince me to shave for our wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I did for this. <laughs> Excellent. So the, the link to my Movember page will be... In the information here, um, so far, I'm not doing a great job raising money. I have raised uh, no money. <laughs> but uh, okay. if anyone that wants to help with that would be greatly appreciated by me and my wife, because otherwise it will be very difficult for her to convince me to do this in future years. Right. Um, if I if I don't raise any money doing it. So, right. so for sense. my wife's sake, please help me out. To uh, to uh, to help with the discussion that we are about to have, uh, the podcast that I chose is from. It is the podcast is called Great Australian Lives with Laura Turner. It's a radio show from Australia um, that is on 
WCCW693. Excellent. That's the radio station, as you could probably tell from my radio announcer voice. Yeah. Um, so it's recorded for radio. If you're in Australia, then you could just listen to it on the radio. The uh, kind of the benefits of not of listening to it as a podcast are that uh, so it's sponsored by Tobin Brothers Funerals, which is fun, but they don't talk about that at all, other than mention it periodically throughout the show that they're a sponsor. And they do cut to commercials, but there's no actual commercials in like they cut away for a break and then cut right back to interesting the podcast, like on Netflix, is, basically, sort of. Kind of like on Hulu, if you have the no commercial Hulu, where it has like the where it cuts cuts to black and then cuts right back in. Okay. Yeah, on shows that are that were originally made for TV for Netflix. If you're not watching the Netflix originals, then yeah. yeah. If you're watching that '70s show on, I'm Netflix, just watching the Magicians. It's the Magicians over and over again. It's all just I watch on repeat. <laughs> yeah. You know, it'd probably be cheaper in the long run if you just bought uh, the digital copy of Magicians. Then you wouldn't have but, um, to pay the monthly fee for that. Just uh just some for your for your internal math a little bit. Um I use dads. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Netflix okay. don't cost me nothing. Special thanks this week to my father for Netflix. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this has been an excellent tangent. Tell me more about Movember. <laughs> oh yeah. Movember. That's what we're here to talk about. So Movember Let's talk about the podcast, which is what we do here on our podcast, is talk about podcasts. The particular episode uh, was just released. Um, theirs is a bit more timely. Um, it is Movember's Travis Garoni and Paul Valanti's Great Australian Life is what the title of the episode is. It is just under 45 minutes long, and the host is, as specified earlier, Laura Turner. She talks with a co-founder of Movember, which is Travis Garoni, and their current executive director, Paul Valanti. Paul Valanti, Valanti. I have there's oh there has to be one name that I mess up every episode. Yeah. And this you're contractually this, obligated. <laughs> this episode, it's uh, Mr. Valanti. So, uh, <laughs> congratulations on that one. Someone get him a T-shirt. Yeah. But first, someone design a T-shirt. So, uh, they she interviews them about kind of how it started and where it's gone from there. I want to give some tidbits of that, but if you want the full or a fuller account, definitely listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. The whole thing started with uh, two guys in Australia who had like grown up with each other and were friends and then both kind of went out into the world and then both came back and lived like within the same block in Australia and didn't know it until they bumped into each other. Rad. And they were skateboarders. Same. They, <laughs> in 2003, they were just having a drink in a bar and were talking, and they decided to kind of do this uh, challenge with each other just to get clean shaven. They had a month to do it and see who could grow the better mustache in a month. And they so they started doing this in 2003. Um, they didn't raise any money that year, but they've done it every year since. And in total, they have raised over a billion dollars for men's health worldwide. Wow. 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 That's that's awesome. It's very cool. And seems like it's exactly how this sort of thing would start off, you know? Yeah, it's all about... So the whole idea was 
the whole idea is really cool. They wanted to start this uh, nonprofit, this movement for men's health, but they didn't really have a specific thing that they were that they were passionate about originally. Um, they just knew they wanted to raise money for men's health. At uh, and then uh, Travis was watching TV and saw something about prostate cancer come up and had never heard of it before. Saw some of the numbers of like how many people are affected by it are really close to breast cancer uh, for women and thought it was just insane that it was something he had never heard of before. And so that's what they kind of latched on to. It's, it's very strange the way that it started in that they started this in you know, a nonprofit to raise money for prostate cancer, but no one involved at that stage had any connection to to prostate cancer yeah which is kind of unique a lot of times these these charities start in you know as you know someone trying to raise money for like a personal reason versus uh for you know they're raising money for for research or awareness because someone they know has a disease that no one had ever heard of but in this instance they didn't have anyone no one involved had anyone that had prostate cancer, which is uh, an interesting conversation for them to have as they were trying to raise money about it or for it. Yeah. And uh, so a little bit of a timeline here, just a really brief one. Uh, like I said, just kind of started um, in 2003. few friends growing mustaches or mows, as they call them in Australia. That's where Movember comes from. Uh, in 2004, they decided they were going to try to raise money for prostate cancer specifically. Uh, and at that point, they did not have a website. They just, the people that started it basically just pulled up their entire email list and wrote up an email and sent an email to everyone in their contact list asking to help out with this. All right. Um, so it was very, just like, I don't even, like it was like they made a, a nonprofit out of like string and duct tape and tied it together yeah. and, and made it work at that, at that stage. Yeah. They kept going like that. In 2006, they expanded to New Zealand. And in 2007 is when it expanded a lot further. Cool. That, that's where it hit the U.S., Canada, a bunch of... It's, that's where it kind of went worldwide, and it's gone to even more countries now. They're all over the place. They have, like, they have pretty good numbers as far as what gets donated. Uh, the So, Paul, the executive director, came in, and he didn't start there until 2007, uh, in, like, September of 2007. And... They were, that was the year they wanted to expand into all these different countries. Mm-hmm. And in uh, the way that nonprofits work, you may or may not know, I sure didn't, is that they, when you're raising money and trying to make, you, you end up making all these commitments for, like you, in order to do, do these projects, you make the commitments so that you have, it, you're not just being like, so we're going to try to give you some money, hopefully we raise it. Like, you're committing, we're going to give you this much money, so <clears throat> if if you don't, if you make that agreement and you don't do it, then you can go bankrupt, okay. which is really stressful. Um, and so, the uh, make, to make things worse, or, or I, like, I think it's really touching, uh, in 2007, Paul comes on board, and he's, he's looking at what they're trying to do, he's like, okay, you guys have like a million dollars worth of commitments, commitments. that's the word. A million dollars worth of commitments, and so what do you guys have like available right now? So that way we can make to make sure you're fine because you don't have any money coming in for a couple months. And they're like, um, "We we gave it all to charity. We raised <laughs> we, we raised it to, for we raised it for for charity. So we gave it to charity. <laughs> we gave all the money. That's people gave it to us to give, so we gave it. <laughs> and so just like that, that that is the mindset that they had." even after having done it for a few years, is just fantastic. 
The, oh, uh, we, we didn't keep we didn't keep any of it. It's for charity. Oh yeah, I love that. That's another thing. So because it's uh it's it's an Australian based nonprofit. Uh, obviously, the founder's Australian. The executive producer, executive director. Those are you know words. Um, executive yeah. director uh, and the uh, interviewer are all Australian. So lots of fantastic accents again. Definitely a reason to give it a listen. Seems like to me. So that's just super fun. But the the oh uh, just some they they give uh, to their projects, which is some awareness and some uh, some research stuff. It's it's a mix of both. Um, uh-huh. Is uh, they end up using on projects a little over seventy five percent of the money that comes in every year. They only basically keep enough in like in their account to make it most of a year, basically. I mean, so it's, they're definitely donating and using as much as they can for the products that they're trying to fund. The CEO, uh, from what I could find online, the CEO does not take a salary, which is a really good sign when you're looking at a nonprofit. It is, it's just really cool. They've also expanded what they're, what they're reaching for as far as what they're raising money for, because prostate cancer is something that a lot more people are aware of now. And so, you know, you can't really go for awareness on that anymore, and they're aware of that. And so they are, rather than just raising money for awareness that people already have over and over again, looking at other nonprofit organizations, the uh, they kind of expand their scope as to what they're looking at. So they're now raising money for prostate cancer, for testicular cancer, uh, and then the the kind of the first thing that they added that actually had a personal thing for the founders of the nonprofit is men's mental health. They a lot of the original group of people that were involved all of a sudden were went through a time period where they were going to funerals of a lot of their friends um, who had died young uh, from suicide, um, which is really yeah not uh you know when something like that happens it really makes you think and it's but they have this platform. And it's, you know, something that's really personal to them. And it kind of goes in with, you know, their whole idea is that men don't, a lot of times men don't like talking about their health, whether it's, whether it's, you know, physical health or mental health. It's something that's kind of stigmatized, you know, toughen up, be a man. Toxic masculinity. Yeah. And so just getting, getting men to even acknowledge that these issues do exist is kind of their whole deal. And so they've they expanded to uh, men's mental health and kind of just men's health in, in general. So it's very uh, it, it's gotten a lot bigger. You know, they're they're one of the few nonprofits that that raise money on as, in as many countries as they do. Um, and they're they were the, one of the first nonprofits to raise money the way that they do in kind of a peer to peer fashion that they're they're doing it now. Uh, or that they you know they started in two thousand and four. Cool. Uh, I have some. That sounds. Oh, rad. go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no. It's so it's it's very serious issues to talk about. You know, cancers and mental health and and, and men's health and it's very serious. Um, but the whole idea is to uh, spark the conversation and more to like celebrate men's health than to um and to destigmatize talking about health versus you know focusing on uh, negative things. Um, and in that note, I have some statistics. Um. Uh, that I've grabbed a lot of them from their website. Um, some of the statistics are great. Some of them are kind of depressing. And so for the depressing ones, what I did 
was I found, I went online searching for other statistics that were, so like if I have a percentage, I went online and looked for something else that happens that same percentage of the time. That was not depressing. <laughs> it's a fun little game I did. Uh, it was really hard because it turns out that statistics aren't really sorted that way on the internet. <laughs> you can't look up for like non-depressing statistics. Google doesn't have that. Um, uh, so someone needs to work on that. Some non-depressing statistic with the numerical value seventeen percent. Like that's exactly. Nothing. <laughs> I love that. But I, I did find some. So here we are. Oh man. <laughs> so with um, with prostate cancer, uh, the good thing is that if it's caught early, ninety-eight percent of uh, di- people diagnosed with prostate cancer uh, survive past five years, which is kind of the the mark for uh, for cancer survival. Um, if it's caught late, that number drops to 26%, which is not as yeah. great. Um, but it's a lot easier to catch early now. They can do a blood test for it. So that's um, really nifty. The not happy statistic is that in America, in the U.S., 75% of suicides are men, which is uh, just an intense number to kind of drop. Um, other things that happen 75% of the time, <laughs> something a little brighter is that in uh, a according to a 2018 Gallup poll, 75% of Americans believe that immigration is good for the country. Good. Okay. So that uh, you know, not that it balances out the other or anything, um, but to uh, steal from uh, the eleventh doctor, it adds to the good pile. The uh, some other 75% statistic is uh, this one's kind of more weird than positive, but by 2025. Millennials will make up 75% of the workforce. All right. And uh, renewable energy, so that is uh, wind and solar, is cheaper than 75% of cold plants currently. Do it to them. Which is good. Let's get it. Um, so those are good things. Another not uh, a couple of my negative things here are the they're worldwide one man commits suicide every minute. So. Um, which is really intense to think about and sad and depressing. Um, in that same minute, there will be 250 births, um, which is some people might be happy about that. I don't. That's a lot of births every minute. Um, it's, ter- it's terrifying. I mean, I like babies, but man, it's <laughs> a lot of babies to think of. It's, a lot it's, of it's like well, you need to realize that's on Earth, though. That's yeah. not. That's it, like when when you say 250 births. Like, I picture, like, 250 babies, like, laying next to each other, and that's a lot of babies. Yeah. But it's it's spread out over the whole planet. Yeah. Except, you know, probably not a lot of babies born in, like, Antarctica. So, and in the ocean, probably not as many. But, you know, it's still a pretty good amount of landmass where those those 250 are spread out. Yeah. Um, UPS, <laughs> every minute, on average, delivers 11,319 packages. And twice that number, little slips on doors that they didn't actually ring the doorbell on, saying that they tried to deliver the package to you when you were definitely home. Sorry, Shade? <laughs> no? All right, the, cool, cool. Uh, mo- uh, I would say probably 10,000 of those packages are from Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Um, well, I think we we should hop onto mine just for time reasons. Oh, yeah. Um, I just want to make sure I don't have anything else really quickly. That's most of it. Um, just to... Uh, summarize summarize here um the uh not not to summarize just to give the contact information from our podcast the uh twitter for 
Great Australian Life does not have its own Twitter, but the radio station does. It's at 3AW693. Um, and the website is www.3aw.com.au. Right. Um, also, uh, as far as the uh, donations to Movember, like I said, my link will be in the description. Um, or you can go to movember.com. Um, they do uh, move events. They do uh, events. They, you can donate to people. Um, you're a little late to start growing your mustache, but there's still plenty of things that you can do. Now back to Miles. Mm-hmm. Alright, so, as is usually the case, my segment will not be nearly that well uh, researched. <laughs> the podcast that I that I was listening to didn't have pretty much any of that information. It didn't really talk about this as, like, a non-profit. Um, it just talks about it as, like, an event. Uh, but I'm doing NaNoWriMo, or NaNoWriMo, depending on who I've you are. I've never once heard it pronounced NaNoWriMo. That's the oh. first time I've ever heard it pronounced that way. I mean, that's how it's spelled. It's spelled Nanarimo, but it's... No, it's Because it stands right. for National Novel Writing Month. It's right. It's definitely yes, but right. Yes, but if you cut the T and E off of right as a single word, it isn't ry. That's W-R-Y. Now, I want to be... W-R-I is re. No, I want to be very clear that you're wrong <laughs> because it comes from right. Um, I, I understand. Also, no, no, no. There's no argument. Also, I do want to say that... Um, Wait, that's so the same um, reason... in November, it comes from mustache, so it should be mo-november. No, it, it comes from mo, because they're in Australia. Well, maybe NaNoWriMo was started in a country where they pronounce it reet. <laughs> Lots of national novel reeting month. That's If yep. you want to call it that, go for it. I do what I want. Um, <laughs> so NaNoWriMo, or NaNoWriMo, depending on how you NaNoWriMo. pronounce it, is National Novel Writing Month. Uh... I'm a big fan of it personally. I've oh, you mean National to... Novel Reading Month? Reading? Yeah. Okay. Just uh, making sure. Uh, I've <laughs> tried to compete multiple times. Uh, I've only succeeded once, and um, but it's a lot of fun, especially I... if you're in somewhere like New York City. I think uh, you meant where... to say participate, not compete. I d- I don't think it's like a race to fifty thousand words. You do win though. <laughs> no, you don't. If you're on the sites, very specific, like. When people refer to, like, completing NaNoWriMo, they refer to it as winning. And that's how it is on the side. Like, you won NaNoWriMo. You got to the word word count. <laughs> so you strange. are competing, but what you're competing against is yourself. You're competing against the clock. It's you. It was you all along. You were the monster you met along the way. <laughs> Those um, of you at home who are not on this Skype call um, may note that he just pointed at me in, yeah. in, in the Skype. Because our listeners can't actually see when you point at your camera. Which is good, because this, I, I, th- this recording setup was so haphazard this morning. Oh, it's a All great right, angle. But, it's fantastic, brother. Yeah, just showed off my my chin. Um, so, for those of you who are unaware of, of NaNoWriMo, um, basically, you, you, you can sign up with the, through their site... Wow, it's been a while since I did this. Um, but you can sign up through their site. Um, you'll make an account, um, and it has a few resources that'll help you to try and write a novel within a month. A lot of it's just stuff to like keep track. What I found particularly cool, and I don't know what this interface looks like now because I have not competed in several years, but um, you could throw in what you had written. It would give you a word count, and it would tell you, it would log how many words you have, 
and it would also do the math and tell you how many words you need to write per day to reach the goal, which I believe is 50,000 words in a month. It is 50,000 words. Okay. Which is really fun as you don't make those goals. Those numbers will start to go up of how many words you need to write a day. Yes. But then also, like, if you have a have a good day, pound, uh, pound out 3,000 words in a day, that, that number will go down slightly. Because um, <laughs> that's almost, that's like not, 3,000 words isn't even quite two days worth of writing from the start. Because it's like 1,600 something is your everyday goal okay. from the get-go. So, like, you gotta be writing a, a nearly 2,000 words every day. It was it was tough. I've completed it once, and um, I'll talk a little bit more about that after I talk about my podcast. My podcast is called How to Win NaNoWriMo. So I picked an episode of this podcast that seemed like it would be still sort of relevant to people who have started NaNoWriMo already, because a lot of it is, like, getting prepared and that sort of thing. Yeah, because um, this episode should be coming out on the uh, 6th. And so people should have yeah. already started by now, hopefully. Otherwise, you will have uh, a to make few extra words to write. But, you know, we believe in you anyway. Um, so Liz and Christina are the hosts of this podcast. And the episode I listened to is Why Does NaNoWriMo Work? Uh, which I thought was good because I remember when I was doing it, there are times I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, does this even make sense? So, like, having this episode, which was probably meant to be listened to before the month like can work as a sort of pep talk as to why you should continue to do this one second brother okay go ahead i just needed some silence because i have lawn craziness happening outside and i needed to be able to get that out of the podcast later cool so yeah someone's attacking our neighbor's yard with like a aerator and a wood chipper some crazy nonsense over there yeah all right sorry didn't mean to to interrupt you go ahead no worries so they talk in this episode a little bit about why NaNoWriMo, uh, uh, air quotes, works, um, because for some people, it doesn't. But they talk about, like, why it works for them. It's weird, because the first thing they talk about is this uh, sort of stigma around NaNoWriMo, in that, like, people will say, like, if you write a novel for NaNoWriMo, some people will be like, don't send it out to people. Don't send it out to editors or publishers. Other people will say, don't tell them it's for NaNoWriMo, and, and uh, go as far as to be like, wait a few months to make sure they they that it's not right after november but i feel like the the point of all of those things is a pretty obvious one and like i understand how exciting it can be to finish writing a novel in a month and be like i did this that's awesome what do i do next but i'm gonna go i'm just gonna go out on a limb and say if you actually wrote an entire novel in a month without any sort of editing after or during it's not gonna be a publisher worthy novel like you might be an incredible writer <laughs> I, I can tell you what to do next right now it's read it yourself and Edit. and write a second draft yeah like <laughs> so and that's that's one of the things i'm like i don't think a novel written in nanorimo is inherently a bad novel i think a novel i think a draft written in nanorimo is inherently rushed and and unpolished but those are things that can be fixed about a novel once the month is over yeah you know? you've gotten your idea on on paper and that is a lot of, for a lot of people that's the 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 biggest hurdle is just getting that idea that you have out of your brain and onto paper and then you can it, it can be edited and tweaked and changed and a second draft may look completely different than your first draft, but you still wrote the draft. Yeah. Like, and for, for me, uh, 
like I, I try I've tried I think I tried three times and I only succeeded once but the thing they talk about as writers they are like people who write and uh either do or attempt to write for a living whereas I am not that <laughs> the thing they say about NaNoWriMo is the reason it works is because it can help you build the habit of writing because mm-hmm. the best way to get good at writing isn't to sit around all year and think of the perfect novel idea um <laughs> it's to write uh our our mother uh the delightful Karen Newberth has this story that she she likes to tell about the creative process um have you heard this one it's a about the um pottery teacher I might have heard it, but right. I don't recall. I'll go over it. It's basically the pottery teacher did an experiment with two classes. The first class, he told, hey, I'm going to grade you guys for this semester on the only thing that's going to matter is your final pot. Like, I need you to make one pot that's the best pot you can make. All right. So this semester will be about like, you know, whatever you need to do to learn and get better and, and get that final pot done. And that's what your entire grade's going to be on. For the other class, the teacher said, hey, you guys, I'm grading you entirely on number of pots you make. You're gonna just, I just need, I just need pots nonstop from y'all. That's, you're, it's entirely based on a number. And as the semester went on, you had these people who were cranking out pots uh, at such a rate versus these people who were just really taking their time, like studying the idea of pots and and working really <laughs> slowly with it. By the end of the semester, the people who had made, who had done this thing every single day just had a significantly more solid skill set. Like they were able to crank out a better pot in a shorter amount of time than these people who studied all this theory. And I feel like that's how most skills will end up working. Practice yeah, uh, is key, and sometimes not being afraid to do a do a bad one. Yeah. Like, a, the, I feel like that's the hardest with writing, because there's this idea that once you've written it down, like, you've used up that idea, yeah. and you can't come back to that idea, and that's definitely not true at all. It, just like anything else, you can, if you write down the idea... And even if you get through 50,000 words of this idea and you wrote it down and then later you look at it and you're like, oh, man, I wish I would have done this differently. You can't like it's your idea. You can change it however you one want. Of just the like most anything else. One of the most successful creative franchises on the planet today, like literally does this and publishes the new version every single time. Legend of Zelda. Legend of Zelda <laughs> took an idea. And it just does like tweaks and modifications and changes to the same, uh, the same basic outline with slight variations to the story and to the gameplay just to like poly- like every Legend of Zelda is the same basic idea. It's not a continuing story. It's not any of that. They just, they're like, what if we did it? What if we did Z- the, Z- the Zelda, but this way now? And they do, and everyone loves it because it's awesome. So when you started that story, that story, um, which first of all, I think I have heard Mom talk about the pots before, yeah. but I, I think I only caught it like as she was saying to someone else. But the when you started saying that thing, I did not know that you were going to be talking about Zelda. I I thought you were going to be talking about some changes that you know get. Speaking of changes getting published that are not necessarily liked every time, the wars, <laughs> Mister. Uh, Mr. George Lucas really is not afraid to just go back and take another, take another look at, you know, 
any any of his movies and just take another pass at him. Yeah. Um, and just be like, no, this is a new version now. This is what you get now. Even though I know that you liked what you had 30, 40 years ago, and everyone liked that, but no, that was garbage. This is the new the new stuff. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to shove on ahead just because... Um, so my podcast, Why Does Nanorama Work, 17 minutes. Uh, I don't want to give away everything they say, and it's a pretty short podcast. So suffice yeah. to say, if you're doing NaNoWriMo, I would I would give it a listen. I'll talk super briefly about like my experience doing NaNoWriMo in the past, especially the one time I succeeded. But like one thing I've always loved about it, especially if y'all are located in a large city like New York, is that there are just so many like meetups and write-ins and and stuff like that like this is one of the few years i've been out to new york where i didn't go to the nanorimo launch party just because like even if i wasn't planning on doing it i would go to the party just because you can go walk around meet people and listen to what they're going to write about and it's really interesting and so it is this like really cool like social thing that it takes this this thing that feels inherently antisocial, which is writing two thousand words a day uh, uh, probably alone, and it turns it into this social thing. Like, hey, we're all doing this together right now. Let's sit in a room and quietly write alone. Yeah, it's kind of a bunch of people all saying, like, I really want, I have an idea that I really want to write down. Let's all hold each other accountable yeah. a little bit. And I cheated the year that I succeeded. <laughs> the the It's just like, I was sitting there, I'm like, I don't know what to write, I want to write. And I thought back, like, oh, I wrote the, like, first two pages of an idea like three years ago four years ago i wrote the first two pages of an idea and i loved that world i'm gonna write that should i have just written the novel and then had the extra words equivalent to what those first two pages were yes but i got to the end of the novel and it was fifty thousand words like fifty thousand seventy six words and i'm like i'm at the end <laughs> i'm not gonna write two pages of words that don't belong in my novel so yeah. I did I did include those two pages of words in my final word count. So I cheated. But like that's but at the same time, like no one cares. Like it doesn't matter. Like no one Yeah, it's no one well, that doesn't count. You only actually wrote forty nine thousand words in a month then. Yeah. That's the thing. And like to write to write it like when I was I basically just looked for something I really wanted to exist that didn't yet. And that's, I mean, if any of you guys want to just hear me ramble about my, the world I built for my novel, just, you know, at me on Twitter and, um, and we can set that up, but I'm not going to do that on the podcast right now because we're running, <laughs> uh, low on time. We are. That's true. So let's, um, throw this over to the algorithm. Yeah. Let's do that thing. Cool. 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 Type, 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 type. All right, we're getting there. Uh, we're getting our results printed right here. Cool, cool, cool. It says, um, I mean, how to win at NaNoWriMo. This is pretty straightforward algorithm, so I appreciate that. People who are doing NaNoWriMo. Um, it's also really interesting to people who like hearing about the creative process. So even if you're not doing NaNoWriMo or even if it's nowhere near November, you can check this out just to like get a little. I found I find people being creative is good background noise. For when I'm creative, uh, if you are like me and are working on something and want to hear about people's creative process in the background, check out How to Win NaNoWriMo. That was very insightful, Algorithm. Thank you very much. Um, and the this particular episode of Great Australian Life of Laura Turner, it says here, 
is recommended for anyone who is doing Movember, uh, is recommended for anyone who just is interested in how nonprofits have gotten started, anyone who loves Australian accents, and I don't know why I keep ending sentences like there's going to be another thing <laughs> and there isn't another thing <laughs> i'm just really bad at reading uh, yeah that's wild brother that's crazy i i, I always do that <laughs> <laughs> I, there was three things that i said and then i made an inflection like there was gonna be another thing and there was not another thing yeah well it's all right well a special thank you to um uh my my brother, my brother Devin. <laughs> Special thank you to uh, the trees. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, thanks, Dad, for help with algorithm sound. Thanks, Mom, for help uh, letting us use her computer. Thanks, my uh, fiance Ame, for letting me use her microphone. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, thank everyone for listening. Oh, hey, brother. Um, where else can people find you on the internet? Oh, yeah, I on the internet. This thing. So I, I'm on Twitter at milesn 5 Um, but uh, so every Wednesday I stream from the VR place that I work at. I do live uh, VR streams, usually from five to six, playing on the omnidirectional treadmill. Um, come check it out if you have any interest in gaming or VR. Also on Wednesdays, uh, at from eight to twelve. 11 or 12 depending on how long our session was my D group streams um and it's rad we're called the natural ones uh it's a it's a really like like story and role play heavy D campaign um we use a lot of like fun homebrew rules for how things work uh it's just been really great um a lot of us are our actors so we we spend we <laughs> I personally enjoy our like role playing stuff a lot more than the the combat stuff. So if you like that kind of thing, please check us out. Fantastic! And you can find brother at his Movember link. So yeah, I have a Movember link, and uh, I do all of our tweeting. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks so much, everybody. Make sure you share this and all of our episodes with Ooh, everyone you know. Great review. Great review. Yes. Um. I, I've been sharing Podchaser link lately because it is it works for Apple and uh, the Google phones. Cool. The uh, what you want to hit though is instead of play on Podchaser, you want to hit uh, the app button, um, which then it will let you open it on whatever app you choose. Oh, cool! But if you're already listening to this episode, then you might know that already. Yeah, because. Because this is probably not the best way to tell you how to listen to that, but I did it anyways. <laughs> you're right, you're right. All right. So yeah, check out um, all the things we talked about today. Thanks so much. Yeah, all right. Love you, brother. Love you, brother.